All right, Kevin. So if you think back to that conversation that we had with John Schneider, um, just after, I think, maybe a week or so, two weeks after he took over as manager, and one of the things he said was, you know, this team is so wrapped up in getting to the playoffs that once they secure a playoff spot, you may see it's not as if the pressure is going to be off. But it almost is as if the pressure is going to be off for some of these guys, given that this was the goal you know, all along. The first step, the necessary first step was going to the playoffs. So here we are. The Jays clinch on an off day. They go out and beat Boston 9 nothing. Go nuts in the clubhouse. Come out the next day. Get 21 hits, their second highest hit total of the season, score 10 runs to beat Boston, and then today they beat the Red Sox 6-3. to 25-3 they've outscored the Red Sox since clinching. They look, they don't look like a different team. They look awfully, awfully confident right now, Kevin. Yeah, they do. Well, again, this is this gets back to what John had mentioned that he needs their best players to be their best players. That's sort of what's starting to happen. Is it's you know the lineups longer now? Guys at the bottom of the order. Whit Merrifield, look at what he's doing. Uh, Brian Mel is getting on base. Danny Chance is getting the foot down and getting it singing. The top of the order, if they're not doing it, the bottom of the order is doing it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it starts with starting pitching. Obviously, not today because of the cut finger with Gosman. But the first two games, you had your two starters go twelve innings and no earned runs like that. That's how you look like a genius if you're John Snyder, right? It's you're just being able to run a starting pitcher out there, at least your top three guys, and you know sort of what you're going to get. It's going to be competitive, and it's going to give your team a chance or your lineup a chance to have one big giant inning. The Red Sox stink. I mean, let's not let's not lie about that. So, but you still got to go out and you still got to have good at bats. You still got to throw strike one. You got to be real good with two strikes when you're in the rotation and you're pitching. Their bullpen's been borderline great. Uh, you know, Jordan Romano, you held your breath there with the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. bad flip to to him when he's running to the bag. Other than that, look, it's you want to gain as much confidence going into it. Now, do I believe him about just getting in and that's all it's going to take? I don't think so. I think their best players still have to be their best players. But, man, getting confidence like this, if they go to Baltimore and win two out of three and just run into the playoffs, not back into it, not hop into it, if they can run into it, they're going to be a tough get for sure. The numbers, as always, 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590, is the text line. If you're coming back from the ball game tonight, this afternoon, I should say, let us know. Tell us how you saw the atmosphere of that game. Let us know how you are feeling. This is the status of the Jays right now. They've got three games left against the Baltimore Orioles. They are in the playoffs. If the Tampa Bay Rays lose today, the Jays can finish no lower than second. So that means they're not going to be going to Tampa for a playoff. They're not going to Cleveland for a playoff. That's if the Rays lose. Going into today, the Jays needed to go 2-0 and in their next two games. Or I should say, if the Jays went 2-0 and in their next two games, and they've already won one of those, and, ta- and the Mariners lost both of those games, the Jays could end up clinching home field advantage on Monday. Now, something to keep in mind about the Mariners. Uh, We've already said they've got a weak schedule. They actually have an extra game as well because they've got a doubleheader against Detroit coming up. So they are going to have an extra game. And I guess, Kevin, you know, you're 
your best case scenario if you're the Blue Jays is you get this wrapped up. You get home field wrapped up as soon as possible. I mean, I think John Schneider essentially put the whole Alec Manoa thing to rest the past couple of days. It's pretty clear that they would like Alec Manoa to start the first game of the playoffs. But we've got to talk about Kevin Gossman. There's a lot of positives from today, obviously. Whit Merrifield, Teoscar Hernandez with, I mean, two of the loudest home runs you're going to see. But, Kevin, we've got to talk about uh, Kevin Gossman. Leaves the game in the third inning with a cut on his finger. And I tweeted out a link to a story that Arden Zwelling did in spring training this year about Kevin Gossman's routine, taking care of that specific finger, the middle finger, because that's where a lot of the – that finger does a lot of the work when Kevin Gossman throws his pitches. So a a cut finger. It's not a blister. It's a cut finger. Give me – man, you've never pitched and had a cut finger, so I can't ask you what that feels like. But – do you see any way at all, any way at all that this has an impact on the Jays' pitching decisions? Nope. Nope. But just it seems to me like it was – well, you you go back and look at it, and I think after the the base hit that gave up to the to the eight-hole hitter, uh, he threw 18 pitches. He threw six split fingers. So it didn't seem like it was a big deal throwing a split finger. I know he probably wanted to throw a couple of more, maybe the break on it, the late movement, the tunneling, all those things that went into it. I just – like that I heard that it was a cut finger, not a blister. Blisters, right. you can't put salve on that or whatever they're going to put on it. You know, they're going to make some miracle serum to stick his finger in and make him walk around with it and, and make sure they, they dose it in it as much as they can possibly, you know, put on it on the flight. Pickle juice. Pickle juice. Abs- whatever. Well, that's for, that's for a blister, though. That's, that's for not blisters, for a cut. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, for me, I think is is the, the best-case scenario, that it's a cut. They'll take care of it as best as possible. You know, they won't let him throw. Obviously, that's the reason and why he doesn't throw the split finger in, in his side sessions is because he wants to save his finger. Like, it's a lot of pressure on that finger. He's trying to do different things to it to break it, break in different ways in certain counts to certain kinds of hitters. So there's a lot of pressure on that finger. For me, absolutely not. He'll be making his next start, and that'll be in the playoffs. Either game one or game two. I'm assuming game two. So, Kevin, give me where, where you think this team is going into the three games in Baltimore. Pitching, defense, and hitting. I think they're confident. Uh, look, I think they got the rotation lined up the way it is. I think all the question marks about Jose Barrios, who's going to be the third star, that's not even a question anymore. You don't even think about that twice. You got your three guys lined up. They've gotten past the Alec Manoa pitching in 162 to, to get home field advantage. They, they would rather have him pitching game one than 162, which makes a ton of sense, right? You'd rather have your best. If you're going to get beat, get beat with your best. I think that's all lined up. I think their lineup has tons of confidence. I think Teoscar, you know, it's amazing how when you're hit and how much better you run around the bases, how much harder, harder you run around the bases. You know, I don't want to be a little Debbie Downer, but it is amazing. And I've said this hey, to you Oscar's before. a bit of a front runner. Let's have, well, most of them are. I mean, I was a baseball player. When I when I was hitting, I was a better player all the way around. Base, better base runner, better defender. I was a nicer dude, Jeff, when I was hitting. They, <laughs> these guys ain't no different. That's the way they make their living. I just, again, I think if you can get a little bit more from Matt Chapman, your, your bottom of the lineup seems to be fighting for playoff for for playing time which is a big deal like that is that is a driving force when you want to be a part of something you want to be on the field and the only way you can make some money is to actually play so you're seeing a little bit, bit of that competition at the bottom of the order now if they can just get chappy going a little offensively you know start trying not guessing as much he looks to me like he's guessing he looks like he's guessing wrong so whatever he's doing off the field he needs to start doing a little bit better translating that on the field then get him going Again, with the three starters that they have, with the way their bullpen's throwing, 
you know, I I guess the only maybe thing you might be a little worried about is catching the routine ball. If they catch their routine ball in the playoffs, don't let the lights get too bright for them. Their team's good enough. Now, how good is it? Maybe, you know, after the three games and they have to go up against Houston, we'd find out. But I think they're good enough to get past that just because of their confidence, their starting rotation, and the back end of their bullpen. 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-0590, on the text line. The Jays, 6-3, they've beaten the Boston Red Sox. 25-3, they've outscored the Red Sox in this series. 16-3, 16-3 in the season series. That can't be put any other way. The Toronto Blue Jays are the reason the Boston Red Sox are nowhere near Stink. a wild card spot. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I mean, they are. They, they, the, the Toronto Blue Jays almost single-handedly eliminated the Boston Red Sox this year. Yeah, I guess you want to flip it in the head. You could say the Boston Red Sox have helped the Toronto Blue Jays stay afloat as well. We talked about the bottom of the order, Kevin, and we know that Santiago Espinal, the news is good in him. It seems, it seems as if he may see action in Baltimore and be ready for the postseason. And, and Santiago Espinal is a great defender, went to the Ulster game. But Kevin Barker, Whit Merrifield, uh, you know what? Now I, I I think he's hit in what he's hit in ten of his last eleven games. I was looking at ten of his last eleven games. Kevin, he's raised his batting average by ten points in like ten days, which is not an easy thing to do. How does he factor into this this thing going into the playoffs? He's he's starting at second base. I mean that's that's a no brainer. Santiago Espinal probably won't get enough playing time to be sharp enough to be the game one starter at second base. Whit Merrifield's doing everything that they're right now asking him to do. Yeah, you could tell he's trying too hard. He had a little sway in his swing. You know, he looked like a worm. His swing from his lower half to his upper half, a little, little sway to it. That, that you know, made him try and catch up with his barrel, which is never a good thing. Uh, he's a guesser, too. He guesses location a lot. You see, that I, I, I kept track. What did I see? The, the first two at-bats, he'll guess location, right? He'll see a ball away, then he's guessing in. It's like the home run that he hit. He got the 0-0 pitch away for a fastball. He's thinking to himself, no way he's going to double up on that. So I'm going to guess location in. He gets it. Doesn't have to guess pitch. I think for me, anyway, this is why he's had a little down year. Sometimes I think he guesses too much. Just so happens right now he's guessing right when he gets it because he's not swaying as much. He's a little bit more connected. He's got a little bit better coil. He's got some better separation from his hands and his front foot and that athletic position. He's Jeff, he's athletic. He's got great instincts. You see the play that he made with the little uh, deflection yeah. from Bo, like he caught it and he throws it, and he's very athletic. That little play instinct-wise that he's trying to get the lead runner instead of taking the, the, the runner at first base. It's like just little things, right, early in games or, you know, early in any. Well, you need that to take that pressure off that pitcher. You need that veteran guy who's been there and done it before. For me, it's the starting second baseman in the playoffs, plain and simple. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Mark from Toronto on the text line, especially now with Fingergate. We're already calling Fingergate. Uh-oh. With Fingergate in play, do you throw Stripling game two and have Gosman as the stopper or ideally as game one in the ALDS? This is something, Mark, thanks for the text. Kevin, something that you have to at least think about, I think. I think they've already thought about that. I, th- I think they had – John has mentioned that, but, you know, that they'd rather have maybe Gosman going in game three. This, for me, all depends on how game one goes. If you lose game one, it's Gosman throwing in game two. I, you, yeah. you're, you're not, not going to throw your second best pitcher 
in an elimination game. So that would be out the window. But if you got a chance and you win game one, and you may take your chances with Strip being able to throw the kitchen sink, especially now that the sinker to both hitters. Like, he's in love with the two-seamer now, which is a big deal, so I kind of like that. So I'd be okay with him pitching game two. But for me, it's all the being determined on game one if they win it maybe if they lose it it's definitely 100 percent for me gosman the jays are 21 games over 500 that is the most games they've been over 500 this year if you want to talk about peaking at the right time uh, the jays certainly certainly at least from this vantage point seem to be doing that they will play the baltimore orioles three game series starting tomorrow Thursday is an off day, we know that. And then it's a matter of whether or not the Jays have home field advantage. We know they're in the playoffs. It's looking very much as if they won't be facing Tampa or they won't be fa- and, and won't be facing Cleveland. So it looks, it looks very much as if it's going to come down to uh, playing Seattle in Seattle or playing Seattle here. And... Uh, Again, if you are the Blue Jays, I think I think it's bec- it's become pretty clear that um, that home field advantage uh, is very much in the 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 forefront of this team's mind. Um, Danny Jansen, we haven't even talked about Bobichet. Bobichet still a terrific September slash October, but Danny Jansen, um, <laughs> you know. The game he had yesterday, and he just missed a home run in 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 his third at bat. Danny's turned into well, we saw him hitting in the sixth spot today. He's he's turned into a dependable hitter, hasn't he? Yeah, I John think so. Connor. Well, well, for for me, this is one of those years. This is a must year for him. Like you, you can't just be a catcher. Like you got to be, especially in 2022, you got to add a little something at the bottom of the lineup. You got to become who you are offensively. And I really do think Kirky, with hitting the way Kirky's been hitting, has pushed Danny Jess. I've been there before. Yep. I know how that feels. <clears throat> like that guy in front of you is doing well, and he's taking your playing time. You better get it down and get it singing. And I think Danny has really good movement and rhythm with his hands. When you see that, and he can feel the barrel, he can beat the pitch to the spot. When he beats him to the spot, he can pull it. When he can pull it, he's got good hands. Eye coordination, he can uh, tend to uh, create some backspin and hit the ball out of the yard, and that's what they're trying to do all the time, which is kind of fun to watch. Ian in Midland, you want to talk about Bo Bichette? Hey guys, how's it going? Going well, Ian. What's up? Okay, so I just wanted to ask you guys: Have you guys noticed like the attitude in in Bichette these days? Like, I know he's hitting what he's hitting, and it's good to see that, but like yesterday caught my eye when he was in the dugout after he was pumped. He was really having fun with the guys, and he was really – he felt like he wanted to be there, and he was smiling and joking. He gave that nice hug to Vladdy, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to see that. And I just wanted to know if you guys – and what does that mean going into the playoffs? Does it mean like he's going to be that, that team player he always is, and we're going to see the fun Bobachet again like we used to see? Yeah, I don't. Thanks for the call. I mean, it depends if Bo makes the plays defensively. Um, I, I think that'll that'll have a lot to do with it. I don't. I'm. I kind of beware of of reading too much into what you see in the dugout when the camera pans over there. Um, you know, unless you have a camera on the dude for the whole game, you really don't know. 
you know, we really don't know what he's like. We do know this. There were times, and Kevin, John Schneider talked about this, and other people talked about it. There were times this year where Bo's hitting really, it was really wearing on him. And he's talked about it. It was really wearing on him. Mm -hmm. And I guess the concern some people might have is the hitting's come around, and he's still at times, certainly in that Yankee series, at, at times, uh, it was a little sloppy, even even while he was hitting. Uh, this, this is this is where the long year I think comes into play at this point in time. I, I think Bo plays a lot of baseball, and he's obviously happy with it. He's obviously fine with it. The team, you know, is obviously comfortable with it. But I I do think every now and then you just have to kind of accept what a guy is doing and not try to read anything more into it. Everything we've heard from Bo is he's a good teammate. Does he wear his emotions on his sleeve? Uh, usually he does when he's not, when it's not going well. Performance and, driven. Yeah, exactly. I, I would just, I would just leave it at that. Um, I think as long as Bo's hitting, he's, you know, it's only natural. You're going to see him to be a little more, a little more effervescent. But I mean, I, I was there on Friday Seemed like the regular bow to me, you know. Um, I think it's a collection of a bunch of things. I think it's that what he's doing off the field is starting to translate to on the field. He's been having some real issues offensively with, you know, do I do a two-strike approach? How low, how high do I kick my leg? Where's my hands going? Why is my barrel not getting in the hitting zone? All those things that Bo does really well when he's going really well that he wasn't doing at the beginning of the season, now he's consistently doing that, and it's translating. And, Jeff, I've been there where you try so hard off the field and just for whatever reason, it ain't working. And then that just ticks you off and that – does that make you a bad teammate? Absolutely not. That makes you a guy who wants to perform for your team, your organization, and your country. And I just think for me when I watch Bo, it is, you know, that's sort of where he's at is his team's really good right now. He's really good. And I think all the work, hard work that he feels like he's doing off the field starting to translate on the field. Jennifer in Toronto, you want to talk about the Jays' potential first-round matchups. Yeah, I'm pessimistic because I have tickets. <laughs> I mean, they're no speed. But um, Seattle, remember, has four games upcoming against uh, Detroit Tigers. We have three against Baltimore. We don't have our best pitching lineup against Baltimore. Seattle, I think, oh, what, what, uh, if they win today against Oakland, they strand at bases loaded, no out. Um, they had a pretty easy run at it. I wish the even if we tied, they have the – you know, the tiebreaker tie or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just thinking uh, I've already resigned myself, not to be pessimistic, to playing in Seattle. The good news is Seattle is not hitting much, even against crap teams. So I'd rather play Seattle than uh, Tampa or Cleveland. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I don't want any part of Cleveland. I've been saying that for a while. Um by the way, Houston is uh, leading the Tampa Bay Rays three-one, so uh, that would eliminate uh, that. That would if if Tampa goes on to to lose that game, that means the Jays can finish no lower than second, uh, and and would eliminate any possibility of them going to Tampa or them going to Cleveland. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Seattle Mariners. It, it, it's all going to depend on how healthy how healthy those guys are. It's going to depend on how healthy Rodriguez is. It's going to depend on how healthy. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez is. Um, their their pitching is awfully good. I, it is. Uh, you know, I 
I would frankly, of, of the three teams, I would much rather play the Rays than either the Guardians or the Mariners. I, I don't even think it's close. Kevin. I think That's I'm with from you. From my point of view. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think uh, C- Seattle's really playing with house money. They really got nothing to lose. I know they went out and spent a bunch of money on the center fielder and, and a and a pitcher that they brought over. I I, I just think when you're the Jays, maybe it does get back to a little bit of what John said about them just getting in. But I do think with everybody starting to get a little healthy, healthy means the mental part of the game. I'm not talking about the physical part of the game. I'm talking about the mental part where you're confident and you're happy with who you are as a player this time of the year. And it just looks like the Jays, for the most part, in their lineup, one through nine, is that way. And when it's that way, they're going to be a tougher out. And I think that's in the playoffs is what you have to be. When you start saying, Jeff, you're facing tough pitching, you have to battle. You have to compete. You have to be a really tough out. And right now it looks to me like one through nine. Whoever's in there is going to be a tough out for whoever the Jays get. 416-870-0590 star 591-888-666-0590 is the final score. The Blue Jays have swept the Boston Red Sox. They have gone 16-3, and 16-3 against the Red Sox this year. And if you remember last year, it was the Red Sox that put the Blue Jays out of the postseason on the final day of the regular season. Not the case in 2022. We'll take a break. Be back with more. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I'm on like just like a weird cut on his middle finger um, that happens to get flared up sometimes with his split. But uh, I think if this is a playoff game or if it was, you know, earlier in the year, whatever it was, if circumstances were a little different, he would have kept going. But um, just trying to play a little bit safe. And do you think you'll have to do anything differently with that? Or is this pretty standard going into the wild card series? Yeah, I think he should be fine. Um, he's managed it before. He's managed it last year. Um, not too concerned about it at all. It's John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, talking about the cut on Kevin Gossman's finger that saw him come out of this game. And uh, again, it, it's, uh, it is uh, blisters and, and issues with that finger. It, it's something that he's had to deal with. It seems to be pretty much part and parcel of Kevin, of the way he throws a splitter in particular. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, John Schneider is no manager is going to panic at this point in time, or at least panic publicly. But um, we'll just we'll just have to trust. We'll just have to trust that that is uh, you know that that's that's where it's going to go. Obviously, and I see no I see no reason not to at this point. Like really, not. Gosman knows it's kind of silly. Gosman knows his body better than anybody. That's why he doesn't throw the split split finger in side sessions. He knows his finger better than most. And I just get back to the six split fingers that he threw in the 18 pitches after the doll back single. That will tell you right there that he's got enough confidence anyway that it's okay and he can still throw it. And to John's point, that if they needed him to run back out there, he ran back out there. And now the Bet365 standings update as we uh, take a glance around Major League Baseball. We'll focus particularly particularly on the American League wildcard race. And uh, currently, the Houston Astros are ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays 3-1. That is in the top of the ninth. The Rays have a little something going on there, but Houston's leading 3-1 in the uh, top of the ninth. And Oakland and Seattle are scoreless and they are very early they are in the third inning so if we look at the standings right now the Toronto Blue Jays and let me call my 
standings up here. Let's hope the internet has not uh, pooched on me. It isn't. By the way, bases loaded, top and nine. <laughs> Every time we talk about this, Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about what's happening with the other team, uh, with another team in the in the division. Uh, stuff happens at the end of the game. So the Rays now have the bases loaded. In the wild card race, Toronto, 90 and 69. They're three and a half up. Seattle, 87 and 70. A game back of the Jays in the loss column. A reminder, a reminder that the Mariners have four games left. They have a double header against the Detroit Tigers. Tampa Bay is 86 and 72. And again, if the Rays lose that game, the Jays know that they can finish no lower than second of the wild card race, which would eliminate any possibility of them going to Tampa or them going to Seattle. So the playoff picture could become could become a little more clear by the end of the day. And we just found out it was 3-1. The Rays lost 3-1. It's a final. So uh, there you go. The uh, Jays cannot finish any lower than second place in the wild card race. And now it's just a matter of are you hosting Seattle? Or are you going to Seattle? George and Hamilton, you're on Blue Jays Talk. How are you, Jeff? Doing well. Say hi to Kevin, too, not just me. And Kevin, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say when Ross first made the trade for uh, Whitfield, everybody's like, who's Whit Merrifield? But uh, to me, the guy's so intelligent, a baseball player, and he's their best base runner by five-fold, team moving first to home. So I think that guy should start every game at second base. And I just want to hear what you think of that, Jeff and Kevin. I appreciate the call, George. I'll 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 pass it over to Kevin. I've Kevin, already I said, think you were pretty clear. I've already said the, the attitude that he has now, again, it, he is a very well-rounded, location-educated guesser. Like, there's no question. You watch it bats and you know anything about baseball, you can see why when he take a heater down the middle, why he taking it. It's because he's guessing to look location, and that's why his swings are starting to get a little bit better. And that little coil that he has, and, you know, I, I, everybody likes to seem to think that it's his age is the reason why he's having a bad season. I don't really think that's it. Sometimes you have bad seasons, Jeff. And I think he is what he is. He understands what he can do as a hitter. Uh, he understands what he needs to do to hit balls in certain locations to certain places on the field. And when all those things aren't adding up, you know, it, it sort of looks the way your seasons look. But I, I just like uh, – when I, this is what I think. I think with him at, at the plate and with him in the field, I feel okay that he'll get the job done that, he, that needs to be done. How's that? Yes, I'm I'm with you completely. Uh, but boy, I just you know Santiago Espinal's defense. I, I guess it's just going to depend. It, it, look, it's one thing to be it's one thing to be healthy enough to play in game one one sixty, and another thing to be healthy enough to go in uh, in in the postseason. And it's going to come down to roster construction for the Blue Jays. How many left-handed hitters they want to carry? Do they want to carry Gabriel Moreno? How many pitchers they're going to carry? Um, it may come. It may come a little too soon, soon frankly, for Santiago Espinal. It, it, it just may. But, uh, you know, let's see, let's see how that plays out. I'm frankly more interested in Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Because then you, that opens some interesting uh, decisions for John Schneider because that, that bottom of the lineup's pretty much got it going on right now. And, and I'm not saying you don't find room for Lourdes, but, man, that, that lineup's already lengthened. And if you get a Lourdes Gurriel Jr., We've talked about this, the thing he brings to this this lineup that nobody else brings. Um, you got a lot of decisions, but I'm I'm kind of with you right now, Kevin. Uh, I think I think I got to go with Whit Merrifield to start 
to start the uh, to start the playoffs. Jeff, let me ask you something. A question: Anything that you've seen John Schneider do in the last, say, two weeks about with their lineup would tell you that he's not going to play the hot hand. No, not a, absolutely not, a not. I mean, he's moving Chappie no, down to the five not. hole. I mean, it's not. It's a small move, but he's putting Teoscar in the cleanup spot because Teoscar's hot. Right, he's putting Danny Jansen, Danny in, the Jansen in the sixth, in the sixth hole. Yep. That there's a reason why he's doing all these things. He, he don't care what the name is, unless you're George Springer. He's putting these names in positions because they're hot at the time. That's why he's putting them there. So nothing would tell me any otherwise that Whit Merrifield's not going to be playing second and hitting wherever he's hitting. Kevin, uh, before we wrap it up, I did mention a little bit, talked a bit, I should say, about Bo Bichette and 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 the run, the run he's on now, the extended run that Bo Bichette is on. Um, have we seen we've talked about his two strike approach have we seen vladdy try to kind of adopt the two strike approach lately like we saw that one hit a couple of i'm sorry not that one hit it was actually it was a fly ball a pop-up you talked about a couple of games ago where it was obviously had a two strike approach center field i'm sorry are you seeing that from him continued or has he just gone back to doing what he was doing trying to kill people in the stands and left center and center field and right center. Yeah, I don't I, uh, look, I think there's certain people that need to buy into that. And I think that's a big move. You got to figure that out in the off season. Bo Bichette's not like he didn't have it. He just went away from it for a little while because he really, he was searching, he fighting. He didn't really know what was going on. And the only way he found it to level his swing out was to get back to that two strike approach. For me, this is just me watching Bo that turned his season around. That's his security blanket. I got that to go to with two strikes. I, I'm okay. If I want to take two big, daddy hacks before two strikes i do that but to answer your question absolutely not i'm gonna let vladdy go up and take those big three hacks that he takes and hopefully don't hit a ground ball that's pretty much where we are at this point in the year absolutely i think if there were going to be if there was going to be a change there would have been a change six three the toronto blue jays finish off the home portion of the regular season they have swept the boston red sox they've won 16 of 19 games between the teams this year they go on to baltimore for three games all eyes not just on baltimore but on the seattle mariners as well they're playing oakland right now they start a four-game series against the detroit tigers and uh it looks very much as if it's going to be mariners and jays the only question is where are they going to be playing thanks for listening to blue jays baseball served up by the always game ready jack links meat snacks feed your wild side baseball fans